and David uh, and Jill went flying yesterday. They had quite an adventurous trip um, in that 20-mile, 25-mile winds, probably, gust. Uh, but they made it back. Um, of course, Jill was shot for the rest of the day and night. Uh, they had a rough, rough time. So I'm glad that God kept them. Thank the Lord. And uh, Cordell called. Cordell's sick. He said he wasn't going to make it right. So he keeps him lifted up in prayer. Cordell. What you got, Claire? So they wrap them up tightly. They swallow them, wrapping them in cloths. What does that sound like? Mm -hmm. Like precious and terribly fragile bottles of wine, and they lay them in a manger. Manger is only mentioned in one account of Jesus' birth. It's in Luke. And it makes sense. There's really only a small group of people who would understand its significance. And they are the very ones who hear the words, You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Shepherds. The shepherds of the sacrificial flock. They knew what the cloths and the manger meant. This will be a sign to you, the angel said, and it was. It wouldn't have been a sign to many, but to them, most definitely, and this sign was staggering. The long-expected king wasn't headed to a palace. No, this was going to be different. He was going to be sacrificed. They knew where the Messiah was born, but they also knew where he was headed.
okay? And then we'll get into the Word. Yeah, Cedric, would you lead us off in prayer? Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for this night. I thank you so much for the opportunity to get to worship you and to be here in your presence, Lord. What a privilege and an honor to, do, to be here. I thank you for every soul that's here, and I pray that their hearts will be open and receptive to what you've placed in Pastor Don's spirit to say. I pray, God, that he will be led by your spirit and say your words. I pray, God, they will fall on great ground tonight. I pray, God, they will bring forth great fruit. Fruits of repentance also, Lord, for those that haven't come to that place yet. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us tonight. Open our eyes to see the truth and what you want us to see, Lord. And I pray, God, that we will be receptive, Lord, to whatever you have and to be content with whatever is in front of us, Lord. You know, your word says, God, that we not be tempted, Lord, that we can bear. With every way of escape, you shall give us. And I pray, God, with your Holy Spirit tonight to help us, to comfort us, and to be with us and guide us in all truth. As Pastor Dunn, go along with the word and to explain it the best way possible. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Um, let me start off in the book of, of Job, chapter 3. Job prophesied in the Old Testament about an outpouring of the Spirit of God. He, uh, he said, that which the canker worm has left at the caterpillar eaten, and that which the caterpillar has left at the locust eaten. He spoke, spoke of a spiritual devastation or spiritual drying of time. But he said that but he also put it in the last days that God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Mm -hmm. young, men would, young men would see visions, old men would dream dreams, and upon my maidens and maidens they would prophesy, and, uh, and there would be, this would be the movement that would happen in the latter days. That's in Joel chapter 3 is where that's found. Yeah. If you'll turn with him in the book of Matthew chapter 3, <clears throat> John the Baptist is speaking. And uh, John says this in verse 11. He says, I, in, I indeed uh, baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So John the Baptist was talking about someone coming, which was the Christ, as we know, that Mr. Clarence spoke about a minute ago. That he would come, and when he'd come, he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Um, let's go to, because uh, it was asked of me last night about what was the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, are, are those uh, still going on today? Are they for real? And uh, so I began to go into that, and I uh, figured we'd take that today to get a better, to give some a better understanding if they don't already. I know you, you guys already are. A lot of you have understanding about that, but it's good to just see what the Word of God says about this. Yeah. And, uh, we'll I am really confused at what talking in tongues actually is. And we're going to get into that. I'm going to explain exactly what it is tonight. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go to that. So <clears throat> let's, uh, let's start off. Let's go to the book of, uh, of John, uh, chapter 7. The book of John, chapter 7. Jesus spoke about something that was a promise that was going to come to mankind. And uh, he spoke about it in, on the great day of the feast is when it was first seemingly mentioned by Jesus. And he says in, um, in verse 37 um, of chapter 7 of John, he says, In the last day, in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, 
If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But it says, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we see that he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, given after he would be glorified, that it had not been given yet. Yes. And we know in the scripture that when someone comes to the Lord, believes in the Lord, there's a portion of the Holy Spirit that walk, walks with that person. But I want to go to John chapter 14 now and explain what happens before and what happens after receiving this. So let's go to John chapter 14. And we'll start at uh, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. You should have noticed the word comforter there. Now, as you look there, I want to look, look a little bit further on, and we're going to come back to this. Look at verse 26. So he's described what the comforter is. He says, he says, I'm going to pray to Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. What is this comforter? Verse 26 says, but the comforter, what is it? Which is the Holy Ghost. So we've seen that vein already there. We saw where John the Baptist said that he's going to, uh, it's going to be, it's going to come after him, the one who brings forth the Holy Ghost in fire. Now we've seen this comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So the comforter is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, and he shall what? He shall teach you all things. The Holy Ghost is the teacher, guys. Yes, he is. And he shall bring all things to your remembrance. Yes. Whatsoever I have said to you. He causes that word in its time to come forth so that you remember and you remember his word. He brings that forth. Okay, but let's go a little bit further. Let's go back uh, to verse 16. And I will pray to Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Yeah. See, before Jesus was glorified, the Holy Spirit was along the side of him. But once you receive the Holy Ghost after Jesus is, 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 was glorified, he's in us then. He's not on the outside. He said he, he's in you. He shall dwell with you and in you. He said he was with you, but then he's going to be in you. And he says, I will not leave you comforted. Why? Because you get the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. I will come to you. So now Jesus makes the promise of himself. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4 says, right? I will not leave you, but I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you shall see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am, the, I am, in, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Because we are the temple of God. All Father, Son, Holy Spirit dwells within us. He that hath my commandments, you know this scripture is very familiar, he that hath my commandments, and keeps them. What does keep do? It means it means he's doing them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Okay. Uh, let's go down a little bit. Um, and of course, he says, um, verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Yeah. Well, what if he don't love him? He's not going to keep his words. What if he's not keeping his word? It means he don't love him, right? It's all synonymous, all, all interchangeable. Yeah. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We'll live in him. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. That's the blessing living in the new covenant. 
Okay. He that loveth me not, verse 24 says, uh, he that loveth me, me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being present with you. So, and then we see what the comfort is again there. Um, let's go to uh, chapter 16 of, of the book of John now. Chapter 16. And we'll go, verse, we'll go to verse 7. Verse 7 of chapter 16 of John. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's better for you that I go away. And it would be hard to imagine probably if you're standing next to Jesus and he's telling you it's better that I go away. But he said, it's better that I go away. For, for you, uh, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. Who's the comforter? The Holy Ghost, right? Unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Okay, what does the Holy, the Holy Ghost do? Look at verse 13. Howbeit when he, so now the Holy Ghost is called the he, as it being a person, being part of Christ. But howbeit when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. We need the Lord to always guide us. He's going to direct your path. That's what he promises. He says, he says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, 4, and 5. He says, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all, in all your ways. And he will what? Lead and direct your path. He says, how be it the spirit of truth? It's come. He will guide you into all truth. Yeah. You know, when you depend upon the Holy Spirit and you look at his word, the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And if you just take the simplicity of the word of God, which is what we do, the, it's, you're going to have the truth. But it's only when you start mixing it with men's opinions and things, that's when you get in trouble. But when you stick with just what, what the word says and stay with what God's word says. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall uh, glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Amen. So that's talking about, so Jesus makes promise about this is the promise that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to you, the comforter. This Holy Spirit comforter will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, and guide you to all truth. That's the three promises we have that when we receive the Holy Ghost that he will do for you. Now, after Jesus had died and glorified, we know that he came back to the disciples and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But yet he was talking seemingly about something even greater than that. So let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 24. Luke 24 is after Jesus had, been, had died, been buried, and resurrected, and he appears to his disciples, and he begins to teach them things and show them things as he was there. And we get to Luke 24. I want you to go down. Luke 24, the last chapter in the book of Luke. And we're going to go to, um, uh, right here, Jesus is showing himself to him. He's showing him that he's not a spirit, that he actually had a body. He's, he eats fish in front of him and shows him that he both eats and does all these things. And Jesus uh, ate that before him. And then verse 44 says, he said to them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. What a blessing Amen. to understand that God opens it, 
the, our understanding. We pray, like Paul prayed for us and said that we would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. the understanding and knowing of what God speaks in, in, his, in his word. Verse 46, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead in the third, the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Very important verse there you want to look at. Repentance and remission of sins to be preached in all the world. So as we preach today, and that's the, that's the message, we're preaching repentance, turning from your sin. So that you can receive forgiveness for all your past sin and be counted as totally clean in order to walk with the Lord. Amen. Uh, and you shall, and you are witness of these things. And behold, I send the, behold, I send the promise. Remember, remember the promise of the Father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So what is he doing here, Luke? He's saying, I want you. They're in Jerusalem. I want you to wait here. Because I'm going to send you a promise, and this promise, when you receive it, you're going to be filled and dude with power from on high. Amen. I want to go further, but Wes has got something on his heart, and Claire's got something on her, their heart. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, so uh, I was just looking to add to what you're saying out of uh, John 14 about him making his abode. Like, if you keep my word, my word abides in you, then I will come make my home with you. We know in um, in Acts uh, chapter three verse nineteen it says um, that repent and be converted so that times of refreshing may come by the presence of God. Um, so there's there's the refreshing or there's a, an indwelling. We know that you have to be a new wine skin to be able to receive the the new wine. You can't be the old wine skin. You know, mm. old things have become new. All things or of God when you actually are in, uh, converted. But um, in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So, like you said, you know, the Spirit comes when you're in obedience, kind of like Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, that we continually quote. Um, that having been perfected, speaking of Jesus Christ, he became the author of eternal salvation to those who obey him. So directly in, in, in Romans chapter 8 says, if you don't have the spirit, you're not his. So having the spirit, conversion, are all happen simultaneously at conversion, at least the indwelling of the spirit. Um, so... That's why if you don't have the spirit, you're not his. And that's why in here in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says he gives his spirit to those who obey him. That's when the habitation or God abiding within you transpires is when somebody comes through a full repentance. And I think that that's where you're going with it. Right, Don? I mean, oh, that's a good point, Wes, because uh, one thing to keep in mind as we go through these scriptures, uh, just like Wes brought out, uh, the enemy can counterfeit whatever God does. And, and we have a lot of counterfeit. We have people that, that claim to be operating the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and are maybe really not even living right for God. So, so there's a lot of counterfeit. So, but we want to listen to what the Scripture says and walk in obedience to what God says. And as we read in John 14, you notice he said, If you love me, you keep my commandments, and I will give you this. I will give you the Spirit. A lot of people also may, may start out with really a true, a, a sincere repentance of turning from their sin receive the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. 
but then go back because they're taught in error and they go back and, and, they, and they continue in sin yeah. and the gifts of calling God are without repentance and maybe they're still praying in tongues thinking, hey, I'm okay with God because I'm praying in tongues. Praying in tongues or being filled or, or, or feel like you've got the spirit of God or let somebody tell you that is not, whether you speak in tongues or you don't speak in tongues, we're not just going to talk about tongues tonight, doesn't determine whether you're saved or not. It's not, it's not a salvation thing, okay? So if you're not speaking in tongues, you know, uh, then it, it's not something that you say, well, you know, I have to do that to receive. Now, here's the danger, though. If, if Christ has it for you, you see this here, and you're refusing that, mm -hmm. then anything you refuse from God, then you become in danger to it, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's go further with those thoughts, and we'll, we'll go further into that. Did Claire, you have a question? Yeah, because you said um, the verse, I forgot what verse it was before that, brought them the Holy Spirit and they're walking with them on the outside of them. And then this one um, in Luke uh, verse 49 where it says until you are endued with power from yeah. the high. Yeah. So the time of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and um, we're going to go that's where we're going next. Okay but he filled them at, at, and the difference being the Holy Spirit with you and being in, in you, and the power is what right. my eye right there. The That's power, right. being filled with the Holy Spirit, all the power that comes with it. That's right. So let, let's see from there, Claire. Let's see from there. He's telling them to wait in Jerusalem and wait for what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So let, let's go. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. So let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Here they are. And so he's giving you the picture here. Here they are. They're waiting there in Jerusalem just as Jesus instructed them. So we'll go to the book of Acts, and um, we'll, we'll start at verse 3. Chapter, chapter 1. Okay. okay. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Remember, we just read that in, in Luke 24. Mm -hmm. So this is going right into still Luke speaking in the book of Acts chapter 1. Luke, uh, that's Acts chapter 1, verse 4. But he says... Um, but wait for the promise of the Father. Remember, we were talking about the promise. And here he is saying the same thing. Which saith he, you have heard of me. And look at look what he says. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not, uh, not many days hence. So remember, he's quoting what John the Baptist said in Matthew chapter 3, where John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier not, who shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So he quotes from John the Baptist again. Amen. Amen. And then he goes, and the disciples are wondering, what's going to happen, man? They're like, is the kingdom of God going to be restored again? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father had put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. What does it do? It make you shall make you witnesses both in Jerusalem. You shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because your life is changed. You, you, you feel with the Holy Spirit. You walk in with God. You stop sinning. You, you walk in obedience to him. And you feel with the Spirit. Yeah. Now, what, what happens from here? Is uh, they they all they all come to Jerusalem. It's about 120 of them. They gather together in this room, in this upper room, and they begin to pray. And as they begin to pray, Acts chapter two says that the that the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and it was like tongues of fire that sat upon each of them. And as they were speaking, the Bible says that they started speaking in other languages. Now there were people there. This was this was the day of Pentecost, so there were people there in 
at Pentecost from all different sects and different languages that they were right. speaking. So uh, in many, maybe I think it's 16 different languages. But they could all hear and understand what the, what the, that 120 up there was praying. They could hear him in tongues. And they heard him praising and glorifying God in their own language. Yeah. They could hear it as if it was in their own language. Yeah. They could hear this. And they were like, man, what is going on? And, and some thought, well, maybe they're drunk, you know? And, and Peter gets up. Now, remember, Peter had just denied the Lord before that. You know, he, had, he, he denied God, and he, and he was, you know, like the weakest. And all of a sudden, he, he, he has shed forth this, which you now, they saw it, and they heard it, yes. this promise of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And then the Bible says, he begins to tell them, and, they, and their hearts were pricked, mm -hmm. the Bible says. And they said, what do we need to do? What 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 shall we do? And Peter stood up, Acts 2.38, and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, yes. for remission of your sins, and you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. So this was a gift that was, give, that was being given to them. Yes. He said the first thing that was required to receive this was repentance, <clears throat> to turn from your sin, to have a change of mind, mm -hmm. then to be <clears throat> baptized, and then to receive they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Well, the, 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 lots of them seemingly had these kids. And then he goes on and he says, for the promise, he says in verse 39, mm -hmm. it is, is unto you, it's for you, for your children, and for as many as the Lord our God should call. Now, some people think well, that was just for the disciples, that was just for, for, for the apostles, just for that 120. But he says here, this is for you, this yeah. Holy Ghost, this gift of the Holy Ghost, for your children, yeah. And for as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. So is it for you? Well, that's what he said. It's for everyone, right? That's what he said. Now, after this, there was added about, I think we're at 5,000 that, that, you know, uh, came in uh, and received what he had to say and were baptized. And the Bible says in verse 14, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Okay? Now, I want to go from there to the book of, of we, we go, you can turn there, I can just tell you, I'm going to just tell you. In Acts chapter 6, the, um, the apostles were really busy uh, um, doing, attending to the things of God. They were in prayer, they were in fellowship, they were preaching, they were ministering, they were praying for the sick, they were helping the widows, they were doing all these different things that they were overwhelmed with. And so they decided what we need to do is we need to appoint some elders to help us. So they said, we need to appoint and, and pray for and lay our hands on some that are, are well-fitted for that position of eldership mm -hmm. so that they could wait on tables and it would give us more time for prayer and for the word of, and to study the word of God and minister the word of God. Yeah. So they picked some guys, and one of them was Stephen. The Bible says he was a man of great faith and full of the Holy Ghost yeah. and, and, and just really was, was the fireball for the Lord. But appointed him as an elder. Another was Philip, and, and it was like six, seven of them. And, but, but Stephen was one full of the Holy Ghost, and he immediately, after they prayed for him, man, he started preaching the gospel Amen. and doing miracles and all. And before you know it, the, 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 the Jewish, Israel, Jewish uh, leaders took him and brought him before the council and made false accusations against him and wanted to put him down. So, so Stephen begins to speak to all of them and to tell them about Jesus and, and, and just bold, and I love this guy. You know, he's an elder, and he's yeah. preaching the gospel, he's doing miracles, and he didn't wait to be, a, 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 he wasn't even an apostle or anything, but he was full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible said. And he's telling them, and he's excited, and sharing with them, 
And he, he finally gets to him. He said, they don't want to see him. He said, man, you're a bunch of stiff-necked people. You know, you all hardened. They got angry at him. They, they, uh, they, and they end up stoning him to death, right? And, uh, but this, was, this man was a powerful man of God and, and uh, just really, really on fire. And then, yeah, he, they were all, I think, evangelists back then. Most of them were. They were all evangelizing the gospel everywhere. And, and then the next one, Philip. So Philip, you know, he's he's full. He just got. I think, I think the disciples Peter were losing all their elders because they were all going to preach, and 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 they were losing all their. They probably had to appoint more elders because they just lost one who got killed. They killed him and stoned him to death. Now they got Philip. Now Philip goes down to goes down and, and preaches uh, down in Ephesus, I think, and he starts preaching over there. He starts sharing the word, just going, getting bold, you know, just just going down there, man. He just starts preaching the gospel, and they start listening to him. And there's this one particular guy, his name is Simon. Mm -hmm. Now, Simon was kind of a, he was a sorcerer. Uh -huh. So he, he, which would mention, he kind of practiced witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And he kind of fooled the people because he could do some things that normal people couldn't do, like, like magical tricks and different stuff. And they kind of looked at him and esteemed him pretty high because he had this with him. Right. But, when, but when Simon saw that Philip was preaching this, and then he saw the signs and the wonders follow, following him and people coming to the Lord, he wanted it also. And the Bible says that he believed on the Lord also and was baptized. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they had got word that Philip, the other disciples, uh, Peter and him, got word that uh, Philip was down there and all this commotion was going on. So the, the, the hierarchy said, let's send Peter and John down there to help Philip out. Amen. So Peter and John gets over there. And, and when P Peter and John get there, they, they realize that none of them had the Holy Ghost. None of them had received the Holy Ghost, is what the Bible says. Uh, that's in Acts chapter 8, if you, if you want to see it. Um, it says, um, it says in verse 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. Okay, is what the Bible says. Now, what's, how did they know they didn't have the Holy Ghost? Well, I'll let you figure that one out. Well, look what all they were doing. Yeah, they were I mean, still doing a lot of good stuff, right? Yeah. Then hmm. Peter and John, what they did, verse 17, they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Yes. Now, what do you think Simon wants to do? Simon, was a, he loved magic tricks. He loved to show off and, sh and show people that he was somebody. Hmm. He, he wanted to take his money, and he offered Peter and John, I want to buy this thing. Yeah. That whoever, that whoever I lay my hands on, that when I lay it on them, they will get this same Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, well, obviously, if Simon wanted to buy it, something was happening, right? Uh -huh. Something had to be manifesting that he was wanting to buy. Amen. And, of course, Peter told him, says, man, your money perish. Right. He said, you need to get right. Your heart's not right with God. Mm -hmm. You need to pray that peradventure you may be able to get, get it right. Because he was thinking, you may have gone too far here. And, but, but this is what he says in verse 20. Peter said to him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Mm -hmm. So what, again, he says, what, was, what were they getting? They were getting the Holy Ghost. And what did Peter call it? The gift of God. The gift of the Holy Ghost. So we see that vein throughout. We saw from Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter, and going on through now, we see is quoted this gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Okay, then, then he, he, all this happens, then we go to Acts chapter 10. Okay. Now, in Acts chapter 10, there was a fellow by the name of Cornelius. Mm -hmm. Cornelius was of the Italian band, and up to this point, 
No Gentile had experienced salvation in the scriptures that we know of or see. This is when it was just starting to happen. Yes. Now, this man, Cornelius, was a devout man. He was very religious. Mm -hmm. He sought the Lord, uh, Lord God, and he prayed and he fasted and he lived a godly life, a righteous, a just man, the Bible says. He yes. was a righteous man yes. even, even at this point. And he was praying one day, and he had been fasting for about three days. And while he was praying, an angel appeared to him. Mm -hmm. And he told him, he says, and, and first of all, when he saw the angel, it scared him. Yeah. You know, uh, you can imagine. So Cornelius like, whoa. And, and, and the angel begins to say, it's okay. Your prayers have come up as a memorial to God. Amen. God has heard your prayer. Amen. Who I get the chills when I think about yeah. that. He says, God has heard your prayer, Cornelius. Yeah. And he said, he said, and God's going to show you the way of salvation. Amen. And he says, I want you to send men mm -hmm. to a city called Joppa. Yes. And there you'll find a man, ask for one whose name is Simon. Mm -hmm. And he lodges there in one of the places there by the water, by the river there. And he says, ask for him. And gave him the location where to go get this guy. Mm -hmm. the, the Cornelius didn't know who Peter was, didn't know where he was or anything. But the angels tell him to send men there to go, go get him. Well, in the meantime... Peter's at, some, at these people's house over there in Joppa, right. and he's up on the rooftop, uh -huh. and it's, it is 12 o'clock noon, uh -huh. and he's hungry. When yeah. 12 o'clock comes, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I'm looking for food. Uh -huh. Well, Peter got so hungry, he was faint, uh -huh. and he was there praying up on the rooftop, and all of a sudden, he sees, he's in a trance, and all of a sudden, this thing comes up down from the sky, yeah. and it's this, it's this four-footed, four-cornered four sheep, and it's got all these animals, four-footed animals on this sheep. You know, like pigs and unclean things. And the Lord tells Peter, says, kill them and eat them. Uh -huh. And Peter says, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. Nothing like this even touched my tongue. Mm -hmm. The sheep went back up, then it came back down again. Uh -huh. The Lord says, kill and eat. And, and, uh, and, and as he was doing that, God spoke to him after three times. Mm -hmm. He said to him, what God hath cleansed, that call not unclean, uh, common or unclean. That's, That's in right. verse 15 of chapter 10. He said, when God is cleansed, don't call it unclean. What was God trying to tell Simon Peter? He was trying to tell Simon Peter, the Gentiles, we were known as being unclean. Yes. And, yes. and all of a sudden, when Peter gets that revelation from God, there's, there's a, there's, at the gate, there's these fellas wanting and asking for, for where is Peter? We're here to find Peter. Amen. Peter comes down there. I don't know if he ever ate. <laughs> he didn't say it at that point. But he comes down there. And, 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 he, and he finds those men there, and he says, yeah, I was, I, let them in. You know, Gentiles and Jews didn't mix. You know, they didn't have fellowship. They, they weren't allowed to do that. It was part of the law. But Peter understood that God said something here, and he said, I'm going to go with you. So they spent the night, I can imagine, had their meals, everything, and the next morning, they took off to Cornelius' house. Yes. Peter went with them in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Yes. So they get there. And uh, Peter enters the house. He says, you know, we don't fellowship with, with Jewish people. But he said, God has showed me that he's no respect of persons. Amen. And Cornelius begins to confer with Peter and tell him about the vision that he had from the angel. Mm -hmm. Tells him all about it. The same thing. Man, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm praying. And this angel appears to me and tells me to send people to go get you and bring you over here. And here you are. And then Peter begins to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. And he begins to explain to them what Jesus did. And uh, in verse 44, it says, While he's explaining this, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them 
which heard the word. <laughs> the Holy Ghost fell on them. And it says, and they, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that the, on the Gentiles also was poured out what? What? The gift of the Holy Ghost. See the name, gift of the Holy Ghost. We see that that keeps coming through there. They were astonished. Well, how did they know they got the gift of the Holy Ghost? A lot of people say, well, when you get the gift of the Holy Ghost, nothing really happens just because you believe in the Lord. But they're, they're like looking at him. We're, we're blown away. Why? Because we see that they got, they saw and heard that they got the gift of the Holy Ghost. So they were astonished at that. For, uh, only they heard word. Now listen to what it says in verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as were with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So he said they got it just like us. Yeah. How did they know? They heard them speak with other tongues. That's how they knew that they got it. Just reading the scriptures. It's reading them just like they are. And then, everybody getting Everybody following? Everybody good? evidence of speaking in tongues. That's what they were seeing, yes. That's what they were seeing. But when you go back to Acts 2.38, when it, I mean, it says, um, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift. So, repent and be baptized, and then receive. And these guys were not baptized. But they had repented. But they they, they repented, repented and they, they were that. Baptized, baptized a lot of times, it's not just water baptism, though. Actually, baptized is like it he says in Romans 6, where, where you where you go down with Christ and resurrect with him as a new man, yeah. old man, new man. The outward of water baptism is, is what the symbol of or, or significance of obedience to Christ as being water baptized. Then, but, and you're right, but then after that, they received the fellowship. And, and Peter said, then man, don't hold the water back. Let's go ahead and baptize them now. Yeah. So they even were water baptized as well. That's a stumbling block, you know. Yeah, some people think, yeah, you have like, to be water baptized. The thief on the cross was never water baptized, you know. So huh? we know. I said the thief on the cross was never water baptized. Right. He yeah. went to heaven. Okay, so let's let's go a little further now. So in Acts chapter 11, uh, Peter kind of gets in a little trouble with the other disciples. They're all like, Peter, we're hearing some things about you, man. You went down with some Gentiles and ate with them mm -hmm. and hung out with them and went in their house. And Peter has to explain to them what happened. And he goes on and he starts explaining to them and tells them exactly what happened, how, the, how, how these men came, how the Lord let down that sheet and said, call not anything unclean again, you know, in, in the eyes of the Lord. And, and, um, and then, then he says in verse, verse uh Verse 14 says, Who shall tell the words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? That's what he told him. And as he began to speak, the Holy, he said, As I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Well, how did the Holy Ghost fall on them at the beginning? <laughs> the day of Pentecost, right? That's how the Holy Ghost fell on them. So he said, He fell on them just like he fell on us. So they were tongues of fire? Tongues of fire. That's, what, that's exactly what happened to them. That's what it is. I never thought about that. Yeah. Right then and there. The and I uh, and then he says, then remembered I the, the word of the Lord, how that he said, Jesus indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. See, that it keeps following all the way through, you see. Uh, so, so look at verse 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift, mm -hmm. 
There's that gift again. We saw it in Acts 8. We saw it in Acts 2 as being a gift of the Holy Ghost, as being a gift that Simon Peter, uh, that the other disciples were, were praying for, that Simon Peter wanted to buy. It was a gift. As did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, is what God this is God's work. It's not my work is what he's saying. Amen. 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 Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 19 now. Acts 19. Now, here's another group of people uh, in the thesis that uh, Paul runs into. Now, we, before we had Peter running into, now we had Paul running into these guys. <laughs> Acts chapter 19, and uh, uh, he was at Corinth, and Paul had uh, passed through, and he, and, and he said in verse 2, he said to these, these disciples, these certain disciples there, everybody there? Yeah. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. Thank you. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, if you ask somebody that today, they say, of course, you can't believe it. You can't get the Holy Ghost unless you believe. You believe in the Lord, you get it. But he's asking these folks, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they said, we, we, haven't, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We were baptized under John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. Mm -hmm. and, and Paul says, yeah, John baptized the baptism of repentance. But he spoke of one that would come after that would baptize you in the Holy Ghost, he says here, uh, which is then that Jesus would come. And verse 5 says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got baptized first on that one, Claire. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, just like in Acts 8, remember, Paul, Peter, and him came and laid the hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost. Peter wanted, Simon wanted to buy it. The hand upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about 12 men. It was about 12 men that, that happened to. Amen. So we see another account. Have you received the Holy Ghost since we believe? Since you believe, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. We're only baptized the baptism of repentance. Yes. Paul preaches Jesus to them. They receive it. They're baptized in Jesus, mm -hmm. and then he lays his hands on them. They receive the Holy Ghost, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Okay, everybody got everything? Good? Everything's good? Okay, let's go, let's go forward now. I want to um, share with you the order uh, and also about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to turn to, first of all, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Before we go there? Yes, sir. Can we go back to the Gospels just for a second? Sure. Okay, uh, talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, if, if somebody's operating in the gifts of the Spirit, they have the Holy you, you know, Don, um, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 3, another time they were praying, and it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit again. Right. It, 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 and also he breathed on them before they even received tongues, and it said he breathed them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So it seems like there's a lot of indwellings of that. But apart from him, we can do nothing, the Scripture says. So it's the Spirit of God right. that works through a person, a, a true believer. So the ones that Jesus prophesies about in Matthew 7, where he says, many will come to me in that day, they were actually operating in the Spirit. They, they had the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. And that's a good point. Uh, it's that someone can steal um, the gifts of calling God without repentance. Uh, perhaps there was a time in their life they were doing that, and then they moved out of that. 
uh, perhaps there was a time in their life where they had true repentance and they moved away from that true repentance, obviously, because it said they were casting out devils, they were doing many miracles, they were, uh, they, they were prophesying. So they were, they were in operation of it, but he told them, depart from me, I never knew you. Because it was kind of like Wes said earlier, that obedience is necessary for salvation. Absolutely. Even though they were operating in some of this stuff, they still weren't walking in obedience, therefore they really didn't do them any good. But it's also necessary to have the Holy Spirit, right? Obedience. If, if when you have obedience, you have the Holy Spirit. You will have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You will have the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, no doubt. Okay, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Is that clear? Okay. Thank you for pointing that out, Don. Acts 13. First Corinthians? First Corinthians. Uh, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to start at... Uh, first of all, First uh, Corinthians 13. Let me, let me just give you a brief uh, um, update from chapter 12. Chapter 12 talks about that there's gifts that, uh, that God gives throughout the body of Christ severally to those that he gives to each, each member of the body of Christ. He talks about those gifts of being like the gifts of helps, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of healing, uh, the many gifts that he talks about there. And he says there's not one that, that's better than the other, even the ones that seem to be more to be less, more esteemed. So he talks about this is necessary for the body of Christ, that the body of Christ operates correctly together and everyone has their own gift. Mm -hmm. And he talks about these gifts that he distributes as he wills through, the, through his body. You know, not everybody's an arm, he says. Not everybody's an ear. Not everybody's an eye. For if all were an ear, how would we see? So we need, the body needs each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why we meet together because as a body of Christ, we need your gift and what's going on in your life so that the body is complete in that. Now, he, he goes on and he talks about, he says, uh, he, he, he's, he's, he's happy to have it, but he said, yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Okay, he says, do all prophesy? Do all speak in tongues? Do all, you know, all teachers? No, he says, but I show into you a more excellent way. Yes. And when the more excellent way he gets into, when he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, when he says it's love. Because mm -hmm. love is the fulfillment of everything, yes. the fulfillment of law. Love, uh, everything passed away, but love will not. Mm -hmm. And he goes on and he talks about that if a man give his body to be burned and has not love, it profits in what? Nothing. Nothing. If he uh, gives all that he has to the poor and he has not love, it profits of nothing. If he has all knowledge and understanding and has all faith but has not love, it doesn't profit him anything. So a person could say, well, I've got faith, but if there's no love, if the love isn't there where he's being obedient to, to the Lord and walking in his commands, he's got nothing. nothing. Okay, that, it doesn't profit him. He says, in, in James even says, can faith alone save you? No, it cannot. Faith without works is dead. So he goes on and he says here at the end of this, as he speaks this, let's go to verse, verse 8. He says, but love or charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall stop. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Two points here. Number one thing is, is we know in part. When you come in the Lord, you don't have full understanding. Mm -hmm. We don't understand everything. Yeah. 
And we prophesy in part. We don't, because you grow in knowledge and understanding. But you, you're not growing in a, in a process of stop sinning. It's just that you don't understand everything fully. We know in part. So we walk in that. The next point is, it says that, that, that all these things shall vanish away. When? When will that happen? When, when will, whether it's prophecies or tongues, it says all these shall be done away when that which is perfect shall come. Has that which is perfect come yet? How many knows we have? Has not. Some people believe that the canon, the completion of the, of the Bible was the per was that which was perfect has come. Therefore, the gifts of the Spirit are no longer in operation. That all tongues, all healings, all all faith, all everything else is gone. It's over with. Because you have to do that if you believe that which is perfect has come. But obviously we know that which is perfect has not come. That's not talking about the Bible. The Bible is just a completion. And we also know because through history, we can go back to those that lived after the time of Christ, like Potiphar or, or Clement, that was one of Paul's uh, Peter disciples and their disciples. Many of Justin Martyr, many of the, the Holy Ghost. The, the, there was gift. The gifts continued to operate even after they were gone. Mm -hmm. So, we, first thing I wanted to establish is if if that which is perfect has not come, then that means that these gifts of the Spirit must still be in operation in the church today. Okay, that's an important point that you need to understand. And uh, when, when, to me, when you look at that, you say, Christ has not come back. That which is perfect is coming is Christ. Mm -hmm. He's the one that's coming. In, in his second coming, we won't need that anymore. Why? Because we're going to be with the Lord. With the Lord. You, you'll have a full understanding. You won't need prophecies. You won't need tongues. You won't need any of those things. Mm -hmm. And we're, now we're going to get into the what are those things for in operation? What are they for? What do they do for the believer? Okay, so that's the next thing we're going to go to. So I want to go now to the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. Everybody following? Well, in chapter 12 where it lists the gifts of spirit, and then it says, so without love, none of these, it's like a sounding gong and everything, but it, it doesn't um, decrease the value of the gifts. When he says that without love, the gifts are, you know, all these things. But the gifts are that power tool that the Holy Spirit brings to us. Like when I was um, newly saved before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was a single mom. I would try to fix things around the house. I didn't have a toolbox. I had a butter knife. And I'd go and try to hang curtains and all with a butter knife. I didn't realize how much better a screwdriver and a power screwdriver would be because of that power. So once you got filled, once I got filled with the Holy Spirit, um, have those power gifts that not only edified me because speaking in tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and, I, and it's like, whoa, that's not me. And then you get to say, but and then Paul says, eagerly desire all the gifts. Not everybody. We're, we're going to get to that. But he does say, eagerly desire. Am I preaching before you share? Yeah, yeah you can take it ahead of me now. Um, two, two things. Um, you're right. The, the Holy Ghost is the evidence of salvation. But what some people can call the Holy Ghost is not the Holy Ghost too. Because there is counterfeit. Because we know by the scriptures that, and, and we know what salvation is, when we say we were saved, uh, you're, really, uh, you're really being saved. You're really, uh, because, you, because if a man turns away, 
during that time and goes back to sin, then he then he's really not saved. He he walked away from his salvation. Another thing, being saved, being saved outside of, of a full repentance, you're not saved. Unless if there's not a full repentance, and you if you got the Holy Ghost and you were not saved, you're saying and you're speaking in tongues, you got something counterfeit according to what the word says. Because the word says that that, that he gives to, to gives to them that obey him, that are walking in obedience. So that's the first. Thing. I know when I first received speaking in tongues, I didn't have any sin. I turned from sin. I had repented. But later on, as I was under the teachings of that church. And they began to teach me that I was born with a sin nature, that I was, that I was going to always sin. Then I fell back into sin. But at first when I received it, I was not in sin. Amen. So, so therefore, it, it made it notable. I was like those people that Don brought out that were prophesying and doing those things, you know, and would have been told, depart from me, I never knew you, you know. Okay. Let's go to chapter 14. He says here, he starts out, he says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. What, what is he saying to do? He's saying to desire them. You should desire spiritual gifts. Why? Why would you desire spiritual gifts? To say, oh, look at the gift I got. Look what I got, guys. No. So that you can help you brothers and sisters. So you can help them. You can, you can have that gift to them. Why don't you like to have the gift of healing and you go pray for everybody and you get healed? No. Not for you, but for them. Yeah. So you're helping them. Yeah. It's for you, then you, you're saying you're not, doing, you're not doing right to begin with. It is an extension of love, absolutely. It should, it has to be. Not to be somebody or have an identity with it. It's not about an identity and not about yourself. It's about... Uh, others. It's always about others. It's always about esteeming others higher than ourselves, looking on the things of others, not on the things of ourselves. So that's why you would desire spiritual gifts. Now, these verse, these next few verses are going to be very, very important, so I want you to pay close, close attention to what's being said. Verse 2. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, you don't know how many times I've heard people say speaking in tongues is wrong unless you have an interpretation. You should never speak in tongues. That's not right. But those people never have spoken in tongues and never had an interpretation that say that. Because that, that just shows me they don't understand what they're talking about. There's two, obviously in the scriptures here that you'll read. You'll read about the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit in 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 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where there's one who speaks in tongues, right. and then there's an interpretation of tongues. Right. And this, this is to edify or to build up the body, the people right. that are there in the midst in that church. Mm -hmm. Here we're talking about, in verse 2 here, he said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men. Right. It's not for anybody else. But he speaks to God. It's a prayer language that he has between him or her and God. We know in Romans 8 says that we know not how we ought to pray, but the Holy Ghost prays for us. Okay, sometimes when I pray, I pray in tongues every day. When I pray, I, I, I know in my, in my spirit that I'm praying for those things that I need. I may not know what I need, but the Holy Ghost knows what I need. And he may be praying for something I may, I may never pray for. <laughs> and he's praying for that in my life. So he says, 
He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no man understands him. Well, when you have the gift of the tongues and somebody comes out with tongues with interpretation, somebody understands because there's an interpretation there. How be it in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, secrets between him and God. That's why it's important to pray in tongues yourself, is what he's talking about. Now let's go further. Verse 3. Okay, we're going to get to that. We're going to get there. Just, just wait. Okay, because I can feel Yeah, but he that prophesies speaks unto men. Now, one, he, the other one, he said he doesn't speak to men. This one says he speaks to men. Mm -hmm. To edification, to build up the other people that are hearing him. Yes. And exhortation and comfort. Look at the next verse. But he that speaks in an untoned tongue builds himself up. Mm -hmm. You see, one's building the body up. One's building himself up. You got it? Everybody following me? Okay. So when you're praying in tongues yourself, in your prayer language, what's it going to do? It's going to encourage you. It's going to build you up. If you're prophesying or you're in church and you have tongues coming out and there's an interpretation, who's that going to build up? The people that are listening, right? Okay, good. Very good. You guys are getting it. You're good. But he that speaks unto tongues edifies himself, but he that prophesies builds up or edifies the church. Okay? He says, I wish, verse 5 says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. That's his desire. Paul said, I wish everybody spoke with tongues. But rather that he prophesy. Why? For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except he interpret. Now he's talking about the church. That the church may receive edifying. He said, I want the church to be edified. And then we know Paul goes on and he says, you know, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit except there, sh except there be an interpretation or a revelation? He's, and he goes on and he says, I'd rather you speak five words of understanding in the church mm -hmm. than 10,000 words in tongues. Because mm -hmm. he's, he's bringing order in the church. Yeah. There were people then that would just speak it out in tongues mm -hmm. with no interpretation. Yeah. It'd be like going into church and speaking a different language and nobody knows what in the world you're talking about. And he said, you need, to, you need to be quiet, you know, in the church. And, but let's go down a little further. And it says, uh, verse, uh, verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit pray. Come on, man. But my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. Right? That's the way it's supposed to be. So, so what good is speaking in tongues? You don't even know what you're saying. Because my spirit's praying. I want my spirit to pray to edify me in, in the Lord, to build me up in the Lord. Somebody told me one time, I said, man, you need, to get the, you, need to, you need to get the Holy Spirit. They said, why? I don't need that. I said, God said you need it. I said, that's well enough. You know, when God says, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. You know, desire spiritual gifts. Desire to, to help the body of Christ. We... We're in a wicked world. We need to be built up in the Lord. Yes. We need all the Lord we can have. We need all the Spirit of God we can have. Yes. Amen. For he says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand. What then? What's, look, what is he going to say? I pray in my spirit, mm -hmm. and I pray in understanding. Mm -hmm. I sing in the spirit, mm -hmm. and I sing in my understanding. Yes. Well, somebody would say, well, okay, how do you make that switch? If you take tongues out of the equation... Well, then how do you pray in the spirit and then pray in understanding? How would you do that? <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense, right? It would, no. You see? Because one way you're praying 
And you understand, remember what he said in the verse before that? He said, when I pray in the Spirit, my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. Right. So I'm going to pray in the Spirit, and then I'm going to pray in understanding. When we, get the, when we pray to the Lord, I, I don't know about you, but when I pray to the Lord, I pray with my understanding. I usually start off praying with my understanding. The Lord, you know, and I just speak my heart to the Lord like I'm speaking to you. And then, then after I get done, sometimes I, I'll, I'll just start praying in tongues. Right. You say, so what am I doing? I'm praying in my understanding, then I'm praying in, in the Spirit. Both. Both, doing both of them. Okay? And, and you want to do both. You want to pray and you understand and pray. Just like Paul said, pray and understand, pray in the Spirit. Yes, yes. Look at verse 18. I thank God I speak with tongues more than all of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, I'm, he says, you tell me I speak. He said, I thank God I, I pray in tongues more than all you guys. <laughs> so you see what he's saying. Yet, look what he says, verse 19. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than by, that, that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Mm -hmm. So he explains what he's doing. He says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, yeah. I'd rather say, speak five words of understanding than 10,000 words, even though I'm speaking in tongues more than all of you, than all those words in the church. Because Why? Because it's not going to edify them. Yeah. It's only to edify you. Mm -hmm. Now, what, then what happens to you? Sometimes you, you go to church or you hear about these people and they're praying in tongues and they're speaking in tongues in the church. What about that? Look at verse, um, let's go to verse 28. He talks about verse 27. First of all, he said, talks about let, let, let it come forth by, by two or three and let the others, let, let one interpret in verse 27. And then he says, but if there be no interpretation, let him keep silence in the church. Okay? And let him speak to himself and to God, what does that mean? Pray under your tongue. Under, un, you know, pray yes, silently. Yes. Pray yes. silently in tongues. You, 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 ever, you ever go to church and somebody's, or, or to a place and somebody's like praying in tongues out loud and, and, you, and are just speaking in tongues out loud? You know, like, that's not edifying anybody. It says, don't do that. The last verse in the whole chapter says, let all things be done decently and in order. And he says, the verse before that, he says, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't stop it. A lot of people have quenched the spirit, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. They've quenched the spirit. You don't want to quench the spirit. We, um, Wes and I got kicked out of a group because we shared that this was for today. And they said, no tongues were just a bunch of gibberish. Which, which insulted to me the Holy Ghost, and it insulted me and Wes. And I said, you can't, don't speak about the Holy Ghost like that. You, you don't want to do that. They ended up shunning us and disfellowshipping us because of what I preached tonight. But the truth is the truth. I don't care if everybody leaves. I'm staying with the confines of the Word of God. The Word of God is the authority in my life, and I hope to be the authority in your life above somebody's opinion, or anybody else, and that's why we meet together. Right. Because we take the simplicity of the Word of God and we preach the Word of God. Amen. I didn't preach anything. I'm protected because all I did was just say what the Word of God said. I didn't say anything of my own. I just read it. Right. And then you took it and you, you do what you want with it. But I wanted to bring that out to give you an understanding. Did that clarify some things for you? Okay. Oh, that already hit my heart because I'm not going to say what church I was in. But the gentleman that was standing a couple of chairs away from me started speaking in tongues. And he wasn't out of order because the girl 
hadn't started singing yet. Okay? And he started speaking, I mean, loudly and profoundly. I mean, just kept on. Pastor had one of the ushers stop him. When that usher passed in front of me and stopped him, I think my chin must have hit the floor. And I thought to myself, you did not give anyone in this church the opportunity, because I'm standing there praying, Lord, give me the interpretation. Mm -hmm. Now, if nobody else, give it to me. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Despise not prophesying, and, forbid, and, and quench not the spirit. And well, here we just read, Forbid not to speak with tongues. Yeah, you you, you want to be real careful about when you're doing something like that with someone, because uh, you, you, you just you really put yourself in a bad position. And, but that's what we're having today, is that let's you know, and, and we get some people that, like, they get the revelation of, of walking in obedience, and they come out from the church, and they throw everything away that was in, in the church, and mark everything as being wrong and no good. you gotta, you got to stay with the Word of God. You've got to stay within the confines of the Word of God, whether people like it, agree with you, or don't agree with you. Do what the Word of God says. If, if, if the Bible, if that which is perfect has come, fine. Gifts are gone. But if that which is perfect has not come, which he hasn't, then these gifts are to be in operation in the body of Christ today. That's right. That's exactly right. I have not seen that man back in that church since. Are we going to have like a second meeting on this or are you going to continue? Because there's some other stuff behind that in like verse 22 where it speaks about tongues or Unbelievers mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, prophecy is for believers. Yeah, that if one come in, he's convinced of all, and he's broken, and, and how the Lord uses it. Yeah, and and we can go further, but I just wanted to basically tonight was to cover uh, to show that it, it is for today. Uh, the gifts are for the people of God. That we need the we need the gifts. We need one another as a body uh, to fill in those places in the body of Christ. Uh, someone, someone may ask, "Well, how do I? How does a person get the Holy Ghost? How does a person receive this?" Uh, the Lord explains that in, in Luke chapter eleven. If you turn there, He says this: Luke eleven, in verse nine. Um. It says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of, of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or, or if he ask for a fish, will he give him for a fish a, a serpent? Or if he shall ask him for an egg, will he, for, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye, ye then be being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will, the heavenly will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So you ask him for the Holy Spirit, is what he's saying. And he's saying, if you ask it, what will he do? He's going to give it to you. Because you being a father, and you were evil, and you had a child, and he asked you for, for that child asked for an egg, you're not going to give him a scorpion. You're going to give them something good. So he said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you receive it. And then as you're praying, if you haven't had it, 
and you want to receive it and you see it's true, when you pray, just ask the Lord for it. And then just, be, as you pray, the Lord will allow, the Lord's not going to force you to do anything, but if you'll just loosen your tongue and let the Lord just have it, you'll begin to pray in another language. Right. Very simple. What about the laying on of hands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also, if you, we, Paul, remember we read about them laying on hands and they received the Holy Ghost. You want prayer? We'll be glad to pray with you, lay hands on you to receive the Holy Ghost and you have it. So ask and you're going to get it. That's that simple. What did y'all think? Awesome. <laughs> Got a lot? Good. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Any other questions? Anything? Any questions or comments on uh, Skype? Everybody's quiet. Cedric? Okay. Ben? Good. Praise the Lord. I, 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 tried, I tried to go through it and, and be Still, as informative as possible. Was real good because we were just talking about this earlier, but there's some what? Go ahead. Well, we were right there at 14. I'm a, huh? I'll talk to you about it on the other side. Okay. Well, this is for open discussion, so I don't mind discussing whatever. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. It's good uh, good teaching, I think. You know, it's informative that the Lord can uh, give to each of you and go back and look at your notes and uh, and enjoy what the Lord has. Praise right, God. I got one, one for you, um, So when it's saying that we, when you pray in the Spirit, it edifies you. Builds you up. I'd like to know more about what does that really mean. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're going to get more blessings. You're going to be stronger, more bolder in the Lord. The, the word. I mean, the word edify and build you up. You know, if I'm praying in the Spirit, you know, it, it edifies you. Okay. You, you oh, two I'm things. Saying? Two things. Then let me, let me clarify two things. Remember in Acts chapter two, we read. He said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, that you shall be a dude. He said in Luke 24, he said, you'd be a dude with power from on high. And he said in Acts chapter 2 that you shall receive power to be a witness to Jerusalem, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So it gives you a, it gives you a power, uh, which is a dynamic power, so that your life, in your life, you um, are a testimony. You, you, it helps you during trials. I, I, I can remember instances in my life where I would be in a dangerous situation and all of a sudden be praying in tongues and I didn't even know I was praying in tongues and all of a sudden I was like, I pray in tongues. You know, probably something that's happened, that, that happened to you. It's not very prevalent, you know. And, you know you'll, you'll hear some preachers doing it a lot. Beth, and it's the church I've been to, they do it a lot. And then you read in the scripture that it's not edifying the church and nobody can understand what you're saying. We, you don't see many interpreters. I don't, am, I, am I wrong? Or I, I don't see many. <coughs> in Bethany, they do a lot of, a lot of I, I don't, it says that we, we we were talking earlier about the least of the gifts, and, and a lot of people, I heard, I've heard that from a lot of people, I just looked it up online, and it says that, but really the scripture doesn't even say that. It says something that, um, you know, he would rather you have prophecy for the edifying, you know, instead of... He's talking about in the church, right. it's better that you have an interpreter, pray that you would interpret. In the church, you better be silent or speaking under your breath. That's right. But when you're on your own and you're in your prayer closet and you're praying, to pray in the spirit, uh, which is praying in tongues, it would edify you. What does edify mean? It means to build you up. Say you're feeling weak. Say you feel like you've got things that's really coming at you. You're having a struggle. Whatever it might be, you pray in tongues and, and the Lord's going to help you. He helps. He's that, remember, he, what, is, what is the Holy Spirit? He's a comforter. What does he do? He, he, he teaches you all things. So he's going to open up God's word. 
teaches all things and brings all things to remembrance and guides you mm -hmm. to all truth. So that's what he does. So he does that in you as you pray in the Spirit. Okay, you got it better? So the two types of tongues would be praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and prophesying in tongues. Yeah, that's right. For different purposes. That's right. Praying in the Spirit in tongues, that if I used prophesying in church in a tongue, so that someone else would interpret it to edify yeah. the body. Or, or, the, or the same person can interpret. Some, yeah. Sometimes it, it, you know, yeah. tongues will come out and the same person will interpret. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, praise so the Lord. It, so if, a, if, if tongues were spoken and there is no interpretation, it was for the person. It was for the prayer. If but tongues are spoken there's no interpretation, they need to keep silent. But sometimes a prophecy is given and the person that has interpretation then the next time they, they need they need to just keep silent because uh, he said if there be no interpreter if you know that there's no interpreter there don't don't speak anything or if you don't have an interpretation don't speak anything so it's it's better he said it's better that way because it doesn't do anybody but mostly what these guys were doing they were just coming in from what it indicates in scripture they were just coming in just and just speak it out in tongues it was almost like they were doing it just to show like hey I speak in tongues look at this you know it was more thing like that it wasn't where they were you know, because again, we know part, we're prophesying part, you know. Uh, and, and when somebody prophesies to you even, you take it with a, a grain of salt. The pro prophecy the prophecy is subject to the prophet. Sure. So, um, you know, you don't take it to the bank. You, you, you wait on it. I've had people that say they prophesied to me and, and they just weren't true. It never came true. So you have to let, let the spirit uh, show you and... and work through it. You don't just accept when somebody just comes up and tells you. Be careful with that. That's right. Yeah. 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 We know about that, don't we, Mary? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's quite a subject. Did we finish James? No, we're not finished with James. We'll go to James 5 next week. They, they had just asked me to speak on this tonight. That's yeah, good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hey.
you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord God, for your word, Lord. Yes. I thank you for your body, God. Yes. For every member of your body, Father. Thank you. I pray you have your lot of your way into each of our lives. I pray that everyone understands tonight, Lord, the importance of them need being needed with one another. Yes. That when one is absent, we always know something is missing, God. Because we're a body together. Yes, we need every arm, every ear, every eye, yes. every part of the body. Everyone is needed yes. to fulfill its part. Yes. And Lord, you said in that last day of that supper, God, before you died and resurrected, God, yes. you said to take your body and you lifted up that bread, God, and you broke it. And you said, take my body yes. and eat of it, all of you. And after they had eaten, he took the cup, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, the new covenant that I shed for each one of you, that all your sins be washed away, all your past be gone, and now live in the new covenant, the new testament, in Jesus' name, by his power. Brother Terry, would you close in prayer? Uh, yeah. uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word tonight. It's much needed. And thank you, Father, for... I just want to thank you for, for the roof over our heads and food in our belly. Thank you, Job. Uh, just, I don't have anything to complain about. I know that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That's a prayer from the heart. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.